Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. better than this. Guys being dudes. Dudes to the right, dudes to the left, stuck in the middle with you. Got another dude! Heisman Trophy, Bronco Nagurski Award, Ultimate Dudes. Got another dude! O-Line U, bunch of dudes. Lot of dudes. Yeah! Welcome to the Lot of Dudes podcast, presented by Fourth and Dude, Season One, Week Four. The luck of the Irish is more like fuck of the Irish on Saturday, as the Eagles got pounded by Notre Dame, forty-nine to twenty. On today's episode, we'll break down what went wrong, discuss Coach Daz's future as, as BC coach, and what I have a feeling will end up being a, a very heated debate, and hopefully run out of time before we get to the Eagles' next opponent, the uh, defending champions, Clemson Tigers. Matt, take it away. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I hope it's not too heated of a debate because I think that uh, everyone listening will see, you know, one side's right, one side's wrong, but that's what we're here for. Uh, before we get into it, today's episode is brought to you by Rubinoff. Rubinoff has been sponsoring uh, Upper Campus since 1997. Uh, just a lot of fun memories I think we've all had with Rubinoff. Personally, we got to, you know, share in it this weekend. Uh, the pleasure of the green apple flavor, which is a, a fine one. I think it was aged a few years. Um, so Rubinoff, that's, that's the official alcohol brand of, uh, of Fourth and Dude. Uh, now, Matt, did, did I drop the f bomb too early in this episode? No, I liked it. I think that was you know you set the tone. Look, we're we're angry. Did you, fans. Did you get it? I get it. Instead of luck, I said the, the F-word. rhyming is great. We're we're you know I think we're all pretty angry right now with with how it went last week. Uh, so I think that swearing is is you know absolutely warranted. Uh, just one other quick note: we are officially on iTunes now. Very exciting news for the Lot of Dudes podcast. Uh, so rather than listen on on SoundCloud, smash that subscribe button, download, unsubscribe. You know the whole deal. Five stars. It's uh, just Lot of Dudes on iTunes. Uh, give us a review and, and, you know, the, the, uh, the more, the more stars we can get, the better. So, uh, speaking, speaking of, I'll tell you what, before we get into anything here, big shout out to all the, uh, all the listeners out there, but a huge weekend. Um, we really did. Yeah, it, was something. Every, it was something. Everyone coming up to us saying, Hey man, love what you guys are doing. Keep it up. Um, now I'll tell you what, the numbers don't reflect that. So I think these people are, are good liars. Um, but everyone loves, loves Dudapood, which by the way is back this week. Dudapood is happy back. To know. Of course. Um, but shout out to you guys. You guys are the best honorary dudes of the week. Um, to all the listeners Absolutely. out there. Could not agree more. Um, uh, do you want to just, you want to just dive into it? We'll go scenes from last week, kind of run through, uh, run through, you know, what we've, uh, what we've witnessed, unfortunately over the past seven yeah, years. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's do it quick though, man. Let's yeah, of just, course. Let's just run through it quick. So I guess with that, we'll start with the game recap. Um, you know, not much to talk about here. Daz stinks. Talent is there for a good season. I think quite frankly, AB, you know, looks a lot better every week. He's getting better. The offensive line looked a lot better. Well, AB is getting, well, he had a good week one and then he had a bad week two and then an okay week three. I think, so, I think let me just look stop at, you right that's there. Fine, but I think if you look at his performance last week, I mean, it was certainly, I think, good enough to win a football game over, uh, you know, a lot of teams, but we were hamstrung by coaching decisions. The turtling before the half was quite frankly unacceptable. We got the ball in the 40 with 30, 40 seconds left. Rather than take a shot, we decide to run it twice. By the way, Colton Lichtenberg has missed a field goal all year. We can get 10 yards and have him give it a kick. Uh, so that was horrible. There were a lot of right, before before we that, get into before we get to the halftime thing, which I agree. And at the time, I was I was very disappointed. Um, by the way, let's just let's say what, is what it is. We we stu- we we hung with Notre Dame for three quarters. That's a fact. We were down by you know one. It was what 14 to 13 um, midway through the third the third quarter there. Um, so. Agree, but let's just let's give you know the team a little bit of credit for for hanging with Notre Dame for that. Oh, long. absolutely! I mean, it was a hell of a game. It yeah. was a hell of a game up till that point. And I think and I think every everyone would agree. Everyone who watched the game would agree is that you know talent wise, in terms of the team was there. You know, we we should have beaten Notre Dame in terms of talent on the field. I think that we were certainly a a capable team of beating Notre Dame. I think there were some coaching decisions, uh, you know, that that cost us pretty dearly. And then I think the other piece of that is our obviously our defense was you know, completely atrocious. Uh, you know, they, were, they had seven big plays, and we'll get to this a little bit when we talk about... You know. Let me ask you this, Matt. Um, what, what, do, what do you mean by coaching decisions? I, obviously, that the, the 
call it turtling before the halftime. I agree, and that's that's well documented. Everyone's fired up about that. I was fired up about that. What other coach decisions outside of the defensive scheme that I agree was terrible, well, especially on third Well, first down, of all, but, as a head coach, you're responsible for your defensive schemes, number one. Number two, what is going on with Landry? Uh, Daz keeps saying that we're just saving him for the fourth quarter or, or you know, to keep him kind yeah. of fresh down so the stretch. Look, you've never played football. You've never played football. I have. He's obviously banged up. He'd be in there if he could be. Um, and by the way, when he's out there, he's not overly effective. I mean, they ran right by him. Yeah, Wimbush ran right by him on that on one of those one of the many 65 yard runs that he had. Okay, two counterpoints. Um, two counterpoints quickly. Number one, I was a starting tight end in third grade, so you shut your mouth. Number one. Number two, look, he is still you know one of the most dominated defensive linemen in the country, whether he's hurt or not. When he's out there, it does change how you know the offense blocks around him. So we don't have the yeah yeah sure you know the runs were up the middle and the ends can't stop it, but you have to have your offensive line is now putting more attention on the end. So. You know, it's not a vacuum. It's not saying he's just out there on an island and if he's, you run by. If he's banged fine. up and he's ineffective. I don't want him out there, man. I don't think anyone would. I, I don't understand that argument as much as what everyone's. You know, everyone's complaining. That's that's one of the big things. Well, also by the way, in what universe? In what universe would Daz not put him out there? You're, exactly, if he was healthy. I, look, I agree with you, and I and I and I'm, I hope that you're right, but. We have no reason to necessarily just conclude that. We've seen time and again Daz has made not always the most Outside of smartest. common sense, people and, – and listen, this is foreshadowing here. Everyone is out of their mind overreacting about this entire thing. Everyone's calling for Daz's head. It was a bad game. I, I Matt, it's been four years of bad games. Well, it's been four we'll, years we'll, back in. Hey, save it for the for the Dallas. Oh segment. my we'll goodness! Have, we have a whole segment. Plus, by twenty nine points to your arch rival, a team that is not that good this year with a horrible head coach on their side of the field, uh, and, and and we're just you know okay with this. Look, so I think that that does cover the kind of the the game points that I wanted to touch on. Uh, actually, the only thing again, the O line and Hilleman looked much better. The offense oh. is clicking. The offense is starting to How do about something. That, huh? But but the defense is Daz's fault, and the the offensive is that's all Loeffler, that's all you know they're doing that by themselves. Absolutely. Let's just stop. Let's stop cherry picking. All right. The O line, and we'll get to this later because that's actually my dude of the week. Shit. Spoiler alert. O line, out of order. Dude of the week. The O line looked awesome. Daz is my dude of the week for tell you what. The O line lost their lost the captain, and they looked like shit last week. And and Daz worked him hard in, in uh, this past week in practice, and they looked they looked tremendous. They looked like a they looked like we're back in O line. You Hillman was had huge holes to run through. All the runners looked great. So uh, big ups to, to the O line. You guys are my dudes of the week. I want uh, I want uh, slash Daz. Yeah, I want to say I want to say two things again here. Uh, one, you know, you're a dear friend, so I don't think it's the wrong way. But number two is that if you have Daz of the week, you literally might be the stupidest human being to ever touch on radio. And then a third point, we're trying to gain followers here. So, I, you know, I just I want to kind of speak for the podcast that uh, we have some brain cells that are working. And when we watch this performance, when we watch where this program is headed, not all of us are thinking that, hey, you know, everything is smooth sailing in Eagle Land right now. And Daz is the answer. Let's, you know, give him another extension for, you know, through 2030 now and keep him around for 13 years. Uh, my, my inner skip is coming out a little bit. I don't know that I agree with 100% of everything I'm saying, but I do think that there's a there's a middle ground somewhere, and it's not you know shooting Daz in the head because um, Landry's hurt and he's not playing him. Uh, or, and that's fine. Know, and that's fine. And I agree with you. But again, there's a middle like, ground. That, that's my and, point. And if this was and if this was the first of this kind, this game was was you know once in a blue moon. That's fine. Unfortunately, Wake Forest was the same way. Every single game, basically last year, except for the cupcakes, was the same way. And again, we're getting ahead of ourselves here on the on the rundown. We've got some statistics, I think, to back up. Well, for, first off, and this is actually this is serious. Um, if you had told me that we had held we held uh, Notre Dame to 96 passing yards, I would have said we win that game 101 times. Yeah, out no, of I completely. By agree. the way, credit to Daz for uh, oh my for having god, a great stop it. <laughs> Um, but this is really about um, just just how porous the run defense was. Um, they allowed 515 rushing yards, um, which I think is the exact. No, actually, hold on, I have it here. 516. Remember they allowed that to Army mm-hmm. uh, a few years ago? Yeah. So we all know we all remember how that game went. Just just an absolute marathon. So 515 yards. Um, we're at, we have a quick game called How Many Household Objects um, Is 515 Yards? So this is some research that I did before the yeah, show. Yeah, I love it. This is good. 515 yards is um, 263 times as long as a refrigerator. And just as I'm saying, these picture uh, uh, Wimbush just just running all over the field, but picture you know the household object in that many times. Is this the standard um, standard refrigerator? Yeah, this is the the standard uh, ice box. Okay, um, sure. The uh, yeah. That's the, not good. Uh, That's not good. 263 times. Um, it's about one fifth the length of the Belmont Stakes. Um, horses about horses two- run that race, not quarterbacks normally. Right. Good. Good point. That's concerning. It's about 200. It's about 250 million times as long as a mitochondrion. Hang on, real quick. I thought these were going to be household items. 
you're right. That was just the first one. Um, <laughs> the mitochondrians, I believe, make the ribosomes. I'm not sure. Um, they're in the cell walls. Um, they, uh, it's about three. Uh, five, 515 yards is about three and a half times as tall as the Great Pyramid. <laughs> Wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. You didn't tell me how many how many ribosomes it covers. <laughs> I didn't have that stat. Yet. We'll say. <laughs> you just wrote down we'll that mitochondria are small. Okay. <laughs> Each mitochondrion makes about 69 ribosomes per second. Okay, that so, sounds about right. Um, three and a half times as tall as the Great Pyramid of Giza, um, and 580 times taller than, or as tall as, as Vern Schroyer. Huh. Um, so Again, not a household item on the last one either, but I like it. No, I meant to give all the, anyone that missed the game. And, and that's um, and that's highly unfortunate. I think it does speak to, again, you know. Gives you a frame of reference of, of just how many yards they ran for. Which is. With household goods. Which is household goods. The scary part, and again, we're jumping way ahead here, but the scary part is is what this means for uh, Clemson. And obviously how their offense looked against Louisville. If, if Wimbush, a, a bad quarterback, is running for, what was it, 263 refrigerators? Well, uh, I'm a little concerned fair, about a, what's going to happen he, with, the, he, with the He is a bad quarterback, I agree. But he, he can run. I mean, it is, it is what it is. This is the, yeah, but they're facing their fourth. Um, and we'll get to Clemson in a second, or well, later on. Or maybe not at all. But <laughs> it's, it's going to be their fourth mobile quarterback. And I haven't seen a quarterback spy on the field a single time yet this season. So um, we'll see what happens this week. To segue now into the Daz talk a little bit, I think this is obviously going to be you know, the hot topic of the week. Some of his post-game quotes that stuck out to me that, you know, I just don't know what planet this guy's on. And you talk about how he's a nice guy and great with the media. I mean, everyone who actually says that and interacts with him says that's uh, absolutely my the opposite. Only with Daz, is that he's not a good football coach. Although, if he was winning games, this guy has every other thing I'd ever want. Oh, I agree. Look, if he's winning games. You love this this big charismatic attitude. But let's not say he's that's like a big. Just, it's a big if. He's, yeah, that's <laughs> but, a big if. And you know, he's not. You know, he's a, he is thin skinned. I think that's very clear when the media calls him out. He gets very sensitive. Which you know, whatever. That's fine. And again, if you're winning football games, no one cares. But anyways, these these three specific quotes stuck out to me. Uh, one was, uh, "I'm not a smiley face sticker guy, but boy." There was an awful lot of good stuff that went down in that game. Uh, first of all, you know, you are by definition in that statement a smiley face sticker guy, and you're kind of, you know, you lost by 29 points to your biggest rival. Uh, so saying there was just some yeah. good things. Can we to stop take. saying 29 points? I mean, it, it, we, it was a it was a one possession game up until for for I can't do the math, but what's that? 75 percent of the game. It was very close. It obviously got out of hand in the fourth quarter when you know. Uh, Things get out of hand. I mean, that's just momentum and all that. But, but it was a, it was, come on, Matt. It was a, it was a good game for for seventy five percent of it. So I, I, I agree with that quote. Uh, his next one. Well, I guess you're going to agree with anyone who watched knew it was a close game. Again, I'm going to disagree with that. Uh, this one. Did you not watch the game? This one actually. This one stuck with me the most, and and because I think it is incredibly telling. I don't have the actual quote here, so I'm kind of paraphrasing. We basically said we came down to we played them tough on defense. We gave up seven seven big plays. That's not that bad in the grand scheme of it. If you extrapolate, if you, if you look at those numbers, seven big plays, I don't know how many Notre Dame ran, but the average ACC team against us last year ran about 78. So he's basically saying it's not that big of a deal to give up 10% of the opposing team's plays to be 60-plus yards runs. That's, that's not what he's saying. He did. He's he said saying... seven big plays. That's, you know, that's, that's, we played them pretty well except for seven big plays. That is a big deal. Giving up 10% of your, of your opposing plays to be touchdown you know, potential runs uh, is an issue. And that's an issue that that means your defense played like shit, quite frankly. And to Agreed. try to back Agreed. out of that and say, oh, it was just seven big plays. It was a close game. No. It's not that bad. I mean, you're just full of shit. And it, it is that simple. That's not what he's, that's not what he's saying. I think it is exactly what he's saying. As, you're bad as everyone else is cherry picking. It is exactly he, what he's saying. You're not cherry picking when no, you're looking at it in five he's years. Saying we went out there and we forced seven punts. We had a bunch of, we forced a bunch of three and outs. We played good defense on you know, 50% of the drives, which I, I understand that's not That's not a good number at all. That's a bad number. Fair, but listen, it got out of hand in the fourth quarter, so you take those away. They, they played a good game with the exception of people when they ran up of the middle. 10% of, the, of 10% of the offense's plays, right. except but for the, that. The that's is, not is good isolated enough. To, really, it's, it's third down runs up the middle that they couldn't figure out how to defend when you get really da- down Look, into it. And I, I, put, I put all of that on, on – yeah, I'll put someone on Daz, but Jim Reed's scheme was one of the worst I've ever seen, and he just he couldn't adjust either. And it, it took Brian Kelly three quarters, by the way, to figure out how to exploit just the, the poorest defense. But um, you know, he eventually did. So, um, was that is that all you had? Those are those are my quotes, but that that, that takes me into just I I am officially, and this I can't go back on. 
I am officially done with Daz. Uh, if he's here for, you know, look, I, you could argue the pros and cons of a midseason firing. I don't really think it makes a difference, to be completely honest. So I'm fine with letting him finish out the year. Uh, but if he is here next year, even with six wins, similar to how he had last year, he wasn't he wasn't competitive in a single game against a you know top tier opponent last year. He actually you know he managed to obviously you know get the get to six wins and win the bowl game. Uh, but if you look at how we felt about him halfway through the year, you, you know wins over UConn, wins over uh, you know Wake Forest on the stretch, those aren't enough to erase everything that that we felt. You know when we watched those games last year against Florida State, Clemson, in Virginia Tech, Louisville, they were miserable from a fan perspective to sit and watch those games. You knew from the jump that they didn't have a chance in those games. Unfortunately, that's, I think, how we're going to feel this coming Saturday. Uh, I didn't feel that way this previous Saturday because, actually, I think we have some talent to compete now. Yet, again, we're still obviously missing a crucial piece to get us over. So I'm officially done with him. There's no you know cupcake wins now. He can pat at the end of the year. Even if he gets the six wins, uh, I think it's pretty clear that this guy is not the future. Uh, you know, This is year five of this five-year project he's been preaching since literally the first day he stepped on campus. And this is the, this is what we're seeing a 49 to 20 loss to Notre Dame and 34 to 10 loss to, you know, Wake Forest and a, and a you know, nail biter with Northern Illinois. This gives oh, me absolutely Oh, the no same problem. Northern Illinois team that just beat Nebraska. The worst Nebraska um, team in 20 years, but yeah. Okay. Well, I think it's a little early for that, but uh, so yeah, let's look at the, the last five years then. Let's, let's look at the total body of work. Um, they've been to bowls through the last four years. Um, after Spaz left the, the cover completely bare, he uh, so he took over and, and for the 2013 season. After Spaz led the team to two and ten, he took that same roster and um, and and got a seven and five season out of it. Um, actually, did that the next the next two years. Um, and you you would agree. I mean, let's meet me halfway there. That what he did those two years. Um, was pretty impressive. That was a that was a huge turnaround. Yeah, it was great. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah, it was great. I mean, I think I think you know th- there absolutely is. I, I kind of want to th- throw out the Murphy year a little bit, but the Murphy year was a, the Todd well, Murphy year. How do we how do we throw? Why would we do that? We, that we, we a, don't that throw it out. Full year. Anyway, I give you that first year after after the Spaz year because obviously the two who, and ten to seven years. Who brought Tyler? Who brought Tyler Murphy? In? He did. It does. He absolutely brought him in and. and you know, you, you can't take that away from him. But in terms of, you know, he kind of did catch lightning in a bottle, which is fine. And that's there's there's no problem with that. But you can't say you can't look and say we're saving. His they should job. fire. They should fire Bobby Petrino because I'll, I mean, no, because on. he got him for four years. He got Lamar Jackson. He got one good great year last no, year. Absolutely fire not. Bobby Petrino. No, he got break. one good year of a good quarterback. And that's all he has to show for his five years. And now, by the way, he's in his fifth year. He has his guys in place, and this is what we have to show for it. Well, he doesn't have his guys in place. He does, Matt. How, how does he not have his guys in place? He's been here for five years. Whose guys are these if they're not his? All right. So, I, I mean, I, and I, I think that you're being a little one-sided here, obviously. But so this this year, right, so they beat a, a – turns out to be a pretty damn good Northern Illinois team by all accounts. Um, you also, after that, you lost the captain of your offense, Senator John Baker. You lost really the captain of your defense, Conister Hand. Um, your best player seems, appears to be hurt. I hate to blame. I hate to make excuses. I, I hate to uh, you know blame injuries. But this is this is kind of one of those years that it's it's shaping up that this wasn't the team that that we thought we had this year. The, the, the complacency that I'm that I'm seeing from you right now is is quite frankly tough to watch. Uh, you know, this is at a, at a certain point you have to say, look, it, you know, he is a problem, and, and it is the problem. There's five years of this. Uh, if you look at his, again, the five-year body of work, if you strip out uh, you know, the cupcake game, so I'm defining the, the not, I'm defining the non-cupcakes as Power 5 and Notre Dame. He's 12 and 29 in five years. 12 and 29. That is, that is hard to do with, a, with an ACC roster to go 12 and 29 against your peer schools in five years. They've had the hardest ACC slate, I think, in the history of college football. This is as good a conference as you can get plus Virginia Tech you play them every year too between Florida State Clemson Louisville and Virginia Tech and NC State who has a lot of talent every year it's not like it's it's easy to make a bowl every okay. year with this so, schedule so, so you're okay then with with your logic you are okay with the fact that he's 12 and 29 against ACC schools because it's a good slate because it's a it's a I don't, it's a hard I don't like schedule to cherry, so you're okay I don't with like that. to cherry I don't like to cherry pick records based on when they you know hit a losing streak or, or whatever a I, I think that if you look at the last four years if you look at the last four years, they made three bowls, which is a lot better than a lot of schools out there. They beat Maryland last year. Uh, this year, they, they've they haven't had a good start to the year. I agree. Matt, they, I think they've had some injuries. I, Matt, 
I mean, they made listen. they made three bowls because they they played UConn, they played Wagner, they played Howard for God's sake. So they are twelve in twelve. Else exactly, in the country, exactly, Matt. exactly. They are twelve and twenty nine against peer schools. Twelve and twenty nine. I, I can't say stress that enough. That is not good enough. And in five years, there is no trending upward there because the past two years he was even worse. So you know, at a certain point, you got to just say enough's enough. This is not the answer, and that's okay to say. All right. I'm just going to take this back again. 2013, he takes over the team. They go to a bowl game after going 2-10. and 10. Next year, same thing. He recruits Tyler Murphy, which I actually happen to think was a good thing that he, that he got Tyler Murphy on board, but you know, I guess mixed feelings about that. Uh, 2015, he turned in the best defense uh, in the history of college football, one of. Um, anything to say about that? I mean, I mean I'm going to give Don Brown the credit. I give Adazio the credit for hiring oh, Don Brown. Oh, you give Don, Don Brown the credit, but – the defense this year is all on Daz. Got it. Okay. No, no, no. I'm, um, I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely putting the, the defense on Jim Reed. I think, but but you have to also give the head coach both credit and uh, responsibility when when the coordinators. That's, mess that's up. all I'm asking for. That's all I'm asking for. Go both. Yeah, ways. I'm giving him credit that he brought in Don Brown. That was great. Okay. Perfect. Um, I didn't want to get into this. And he also and he lost. Don Brown. We're gonna go down the rabbit hole here, but we're gonna fire. Adazio before we, we fired Jim Christian, just just so everyone knows. It's not that I'm, I love BC coaches and I always want them to stay. I, I've hated Jim Christian since the moment he was hired. He's been the worst, one of the worst coach coaches in sports history. He's 2-34 and in, in conference play the last two years. We're talking about firing Adazio while people are, are jacked up about Jim Christian. Let's be clear. I don't know. Call me crazy. It's a lot easier to rebuild basketball. We put up with this shit for years. Meanwhile, Daz makes... Again, a bowl game in three out of four years. And this season is, is way too early to, to see what's going to happen, despite all the injuries. We'll see what happens. Um, he has a strong recruiting class coming in next year. The kids also, the, the team loves them. I mean, you remember that video of uh, when they became bowl eligible and they with, with that, way, that, that went over Wake Forest Hang on last a second. year? Hang on a second. I'm going to, before you, before you get there, I, the, the Jim Christian argument is, it's it's quite frankly, look, no one here is saying that Jim Christian's a good coach and we should hang on to him either. But to... Make that false equivalency. It is simply a calendar decision. This is Martin Jarman's first year on the job. If basketball was in the fall and football was in the winter, Jim Christian would be fired before Adazio. But that's not the case. This is Christian. There, Christian should have been fired three years ago. He probably but, should have been. Quite uh, frankly, Adazio should have been gone last year too. I think if I had a you know oh, mid season, won a bowl game. Yeah, okay. He won a bowl game because he won. Um, he won his last four games against four horrible teams to to make it in. <laughs> okay, so so now it's his fault that the, they play hard teams earlier on in the year. Matt, give me a break. I mean, that's not a fair argument. You can't cherry pick all this shit. It's, it's unbelievable. I, I know. I um, know that deep down in your heart of hearts, you don't agree with any of the things that you're saying, and you're going sit Bayless, and this, that's fine because no, it is good for past, ratings. But if you think that Adazio is the, the guy who actually is a good coach and who should be on BC's sidelines, who actually is you know going to take us to the next level and going to bring us to the to the right place then you know I, I legitimately feel sorry for you and your outlook on this on this program no I, I I think this past week with all the uh people talking out of their ass about because they don't like the guy and I, and I frankly don't understand why I think overall he, he's done a pretty good job for what he was handed uh, everyone knows the limitations of, of BC football competing in the ACC, especially you know as good as it is. This is the complacency people's, argument. People's, Making the complacency argument again. People's this is, expectations. Well, yeah, but I mean, you're okay with this, is what you're saying. You're okay with seven and six and and, and getting blown out seven to, and six, to the good team. You you said this two weeks ago. Seven and six with the potential to go more than that. That was Tom O'Brien. Everyone, everyone got on Tom O'Brien because he won seven or eight games every year. Man, all oh, I want is to see We got we got to bring in we got to bring in Jagosinski. Um, he, they forced Tom O'Brien out because he was he, he he led them to a, a ten game uh, ten ball win streak. I'm saying that I'm um, saying seven and six and, and getting blown out every Saturday if you play a top tier in the ACC school okay. is not good enough. So, that is not good so enough. Last period. year, End of last story. year, and if you think it is, year, then, that, then you're you're incorrect. Last year, that argument holds water. They got blown out in those four games. It's well documented. We got fucking blown out to Wake Forest. Prior to that, all right. Just prior to that, Daz had always played those teams close. You said it yourself last episode. Um, this year, I'm saying, yes, I agree. It's, it's Thus far, it's unacceptable. They faced a lot of injuries. There's stuff that's not going right. But to, to Daz's credit, he's taken them to bowl games um, after faltering early on in the year. And I think it would be so short-sighted to even think about firing a midseason. I think that's absurd. So you're going to be okay, then, with, with what you've seen last year and, and what you've seen so far this year. If he can you know, rally against Virginia, Central Michigan, UConn, Syracuse, uh, which that only get him to five wins. You're going to say, you know what? NC and he, State. And he loses by and he loses like 50 points. Let's say tomorrow or on Saturday, and 50 points, uh, you know, to Florida State, and 50 points to Louisville, 50 points to Bot Tech. You're going to say, you know what? 
you know, let's keep him around. He's still the guy that, that we want to have, you know, on the sidelines for BC. And he's going to be the guy that's going to one day take us to an ACC championship uh, and the playoff. You're going to feel, you're going to feel confident in that statement with, you know, the way our, you know, we, we have, we had a big recruit decommit today. Uh, he's certainly not going to be the first. You feel good recruit? about how this is going? Matt. Matt, Matt, Everyone's excited when he came fact, in. He was a big recruit whose who was other big best offensive offer lineman. was he was his other best offer was Rutgers or or Buffalo if you want. To. I don't know who's oh, better. Now, he's got Maryland. He's got Maryland we're, we're losing. now, but sure. Oh, but, after but, Dick, he decommitted. Okay. You're going to you're going to oh, feel Pitt's, okay with that. Pitt's, Pitt and Maryland are, are are you know great great this year. Yeah, you, oh yeah, you're, but Maryland the team we beat the bowl game last year. Yeah, yeah, you trapped. You mean to trap me? No, but it worked. Um. It's garbage, though. That 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 still stands. Um, all right. So I don't know who who won that argument. I feel like I did. Okay, um, that's good. But I think the public perception will probably disagree. I mean, that's fine. Um, but I think you look at you look at his total body of work. He hasn't been as bad as everyone thinks. Matt, he is. that's my that's my whole point. Matt, this. his total body of work. He's twelve and twenty nine against peer schools, Power Five, and Notre Dame. That's his body of work. Period. End of story. Peer, done. I'm calling peer schools uh, the top. You know. Five of them are top twenty in the in the country Matt, year what is, year. I, I mean, I'm saying the ACC teams in the ACC right. are the peer schools. Yes, Matt, we play in the ACC Atlantic. Clemson won the national championship last year. Florida State is in it is in the discussion every year. Louisville has Lamar Jackson. They've been good for three years. Virginia Tech's really strong. They always, I mean, so, there's no tough outs here. That's fine. So with that said, you were okay with that. You were okay because we're in our division going 12-29 and 29 against ACC schools, losing by 50 points to Clemson, losing by 50 points to Florida State. You're okay with that. As a Boston College fan, you can say, this is a program that I'm proud of. This is a program I believe in. This is, you know, this is, this is I'm okay with this current state of this program. If we go 7-6 oh, but go 12-29 and 29 against peer schools, you're, you're cool with that. Of course not. Well, it's not, I mean, you are. By that definition, you absolutely are. <laughs> yeah. I think that obviously, you know, we're playing in a time where we're not going to compete with schools like that right now. But have we shown flashes that we can compete, that we can beat the likes of USC, that we can, you know, lose by, or, you know, keep it within a score to, you know, the top teams in the country? Yeah, we have. Um, you know, I, I think I think there's a, a ton of, of, of potential when we're at full strength and all the pieces come together. Um, and I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens this year. If we get blown up by everyone and we go three and nine, then yeah, I'll, I'll probably be right there with you. It's probably time for a change. But at this point in the season, way too early. I'll be, you know, look. If this was his first season, I, I would hear you out. But I'm, I'm, as a BC fan, you know, I'm, I'm honestly disappointed to hear that this is the perspective in year five with what you've seen so far. So uh, I think we'll, well leave it at that. I'm so, obviously not going to change. Well, your no, mind. I mean, you look you're at stuck in. So there's and a lot okay to look forward to with, with the type of his. Uh, He's got one of the top recruiting classes coming in. Brown's a freshman. Everyone, you said it yourself again. He's got he's got all sorts of potential. This team could look very different a year or two years. And, from it, now, would look, and it would look a lot better if it was this talent with with someone else in the sidelines, Joe Moritz, someone who actually no. knows how to grass, run the grass. The grass is always greener. The grass is always okay. greener than hiring a four and seven coach in the MAC. Yeah, I mean you're absolutely right on that. But uh, the, so that so now we're saying that hire didn't work out when he completely turned around this team a few years ago. Uh, this 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 argument has gone on too long. I think it's pretty clear that uh, there's not going to be any change in your mind, which is disappointing because it's obviously going to be the uh, the wrong side of history here. But uh, you know that's another story for another day. If you're okay with this complacency and this mediocrity, then uh, then you know good for you. Obviously, you're in a good spot. Hey Matt, you're strange, enjoy strange this, name for a you're strange name for a podcast. Fourth and dude for a, a guy you. you... You liked two weeks ago, but now you don't. Look, like. I think I, I think we all hope this was going to work out. I think it was pretty clear that no one's going into the year saying, you know, I hope Adazio loses by fifty every game and and you know gets blown out. Hell, I hope we beat obviously Clemson by a hundred on Saturday, and I hope we win out, and I hope we actually finish ten and two. But I'm also realistic, and I can say that just because you know I happen to like a guy's catchphrase, you know, I can look past that and say this is guy is not the answer, and you know when to cut ties, and uh, you know I think we're uh, I think we're there. Uh, the only other thing I guess, you know, I, I will add here is in our new segment, No Press is Bad Press this week. Obviously, it comes pretty easily here. But, uh, you know, for the first time now in, in some time, BC has actually gotten attention locally and, you know, on WEI specifically. And, you know, thanks to some of the former players speaking out. But basically, Kirk and Callahan went, uh, went in pretty hard on Daz on, on Monday morning. First time WEI has paid attention to us in years. Um, you know, when we're doing good things, we don't get attention. Obviously, when we do bad things, we don't really get attention. When we do things bad enough to get attention, that's obviously not a good sign. I think, you know, that if we were top five in the country, we'd be getting attention as well. But whatever. Uh, I will say I'm personally, 
you know, happy that some of these former athletes are speaking out. Uh, you know, Hasselback was was on that same episode of Kirk Cowan. He kind of went in on it and said just basically how embarrassing it is. Damian Woody, uh, you know, was, was tweeting up Storm. I'm sure there were others. So, but, you know, and, at the end of the day, the, the passion and attention is, is good because complacency has killed us, you know, over – and not even just the past five years, but anytime we've had down years in the past and, you know, basketball, same kind of thing. We need this passion and the attention from the media, from local fans, and then obviously from our, you know, big swing in uh, former players. That's kind of the only way we're going to spur change and get, you know, people excited about, uh, you know, BC excited to be here and excited to, uh, you know, get us back to where we belong. Last word on this, then we'll, we'll jump into Duda Pood. Um, my concern, and maybe I'm going too far with a little, a little extreme, but I think that a lot of people are overreacting. Um, Hasselbeck admitted he didn't even watch the game. He's just piling on because everyone else is. Everyone's, you know, nitpicking that one play at the end of at the end of halftime, which I was mad at at the time. But it's also defensible. You look at Wake Forest last year, uh, last game. They lost the game because they they went for the two minute drill on that pick six, and, and the game was over after that. So um, I think a lot of people are piling on just because a lot of people don't like Das. Um, a lot of people, you know, like to to hate on BC as it is. Um, so that's where my point of view is coming from. Uh, so we can, we can get on with the episode now. Yeah, I guess now that we're not friends anymore, but we'll still, uh, we're, we're we'll like still Mike and Mike, that. like Mike and Mike, we're like Matt and Matt, but we hate each other. Like Mike and Mike hate each other, but they still are very cordial on air. That's us now. Yeah. Um, you are, you already got your due to the week out of the way with the Dazio, which, you know, whatever we won't talk about. Uh, I'm going to give my due to the week to, uh, it was the O line. It was the O line. I'm going to give my due to the week to Charlie Callahan for two reasons. First, he had two touchdowns, which is obviously great. Uh, second, and quite frankly, more important, he started following us on Fourth and Dude on Twitter at Fourth and Dude. Uh, he's a pretty big follower for us. He's our first official football team follower. So, uh, Charlie, thank you. I'm sure you're listening. Uh, we obviously appreciate the love. Maybe get you on for an interview. Uh, you know, we're, we're pulling for you, and we appreciate all the talent that you know and and, and the hard work that you guys as the players are putting in. Uh, you know, we're, I guess we're all just disappointed that it's not uh, turning the results set that we expect and that you guys are working for. But, uh, you know, you keep working hard at it, and I'm sure things will turn around in the next next couple of years. Uh, jumping into dude or pood here, you want to you wanna go first here? Yeah, I'll do my dude. Uh, my dude, the, the, the Boston College 12th man, thought the fans were, were phenomenal. Everyone didn't show up early, um, but everyone was there, you know, at least – you know, maybe five minutes into the first quarter. Yeah, I thought it was and, great, uh, and they were loud. So uh, that's my dude. I thought my, it was great, my, and even just, and even just, you know, on on you know the tailgates as well. I think it was the best tailgate scene I've seen at BC, you know, since graduation. Maybe with the exception of USC, but even then, probably not. Obviously, a three thirty game, nice weather helped, but uh, just a pretty raucous crowd. It actually felt, it actually felt like a, uh, you know, felt like a real college campus and a real game day experience, which is great. My pood is going to be the beer lines, which was not the best thing we've seen at BC. Um, you and I waited waited together for a good half hour, um, trying to get a cold one. Missed most of the second quarter. Um, again, I mean, it's been, it's been said, but got to figure it out. Really, I mean, it, it is it is what it is. I mean, that's not acceptable. You you have, you know, the lines stacked from the front of the concession stand all the way against the wall. People are can't, people can't even walk by. It's probably a fire hazard. Either way, got to figure it out. Uh, get the get the tap line in there. Shouldn't be this difficult. Yeah, um, it's pretty that's horrible. My food. I mean, I think you know they said they added fifty percent more stands than the week prior. Uh, didn't know, see him, Matt. Yeah, no, again, obviously we weren't there the year before, uh, the week before, but obviously there were there were more people. But it was pretty miserable. It was it was a solid thirty minutes, and we went you know at, a, at what we thought was a good time. I think we went you know mid first quarter. Um, so that was that was obviously frustrating. Uh, for my dude, again, I don't know much about the actual game itself from a positive note other than you know again i think the, the fans were great so my my dude is going to be uh a little off topic but college game day this weekend is coming to new york city uh my current hometown uh i think it's a pretty cool foray for them so to speak i don't know if there's any there's actually i mean there's definitely some good games this weekend but no you know nothing nothing huge that's outstanding i think you know you can make the argument penn state iowa is probably the best on the slate something like that but uh so instead they're just saying we're coming to nyc Kind of celebrating. I've been on this train for a long time, and I think one of the coolest things, uh, you know, in New York City is Saturdays walking up Third Ave. Every single bar, or you know, every single bar from probably whatever 14th to 40th, uh, and then on the Upper East Side as well, is all different colleges. So you walk by the, uh, you know, Tennessee bar is right next to the Oklahoma bar, across the street from the UConn bar, which is a block down from the BC bar, you know, the Penn State bar. It's just a really cool experience. So I think that's something that they're going to focus on. Uh, so as a New York resident and a college football fan, that's going to be my dude of the week. Maybe look for us with some uh, fourth and dude signs. Who knows? I'm not going to say if we'll be there or not, but uh, it's 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 an early morning, so no promises there. 
My pood is going to be uh, kind of a two and one here. So a fellow, just pick, just pick one. No, it's 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 kind of one of the same here. Uh, there was a, a one of our fellow Boston College sports blogs uh, had an article this week, basically titled "Adazio is putting Jarmon in a bind with this current season." The thesis of the article was essentially that it's really bad news if Adazio has a horrible year and Jarman has to fire him because he's too busy to, and he's working donors. He doesn't want to deal with a new coach. He's much better off just going six and six, kind of limping his way to a bowl game. We'll keep him around for another year. Uh, I obviously think it's an idiotic argument for many reasons why we, you know, discuss the bus. So that's, <laughs> and, and I do want to separate myself from that argument. That's not yeah. So that's where you all. stand, by the way. That's that's the <laughs> no, that's, that's no, 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 uh, that's not. But keep going. The the other so I had a phenomenal comment. I'm you know a little bit of an internet commentator when it comes to BC. Now, I was going to brag for you, but why don't you do it yourself? Yeah, I'll do it. So I was you know sitting in the cube on Monday morning, and I was you know pretty furious with how kind of the weekend or Saturday specifically went down. Uh, so I saw this article and it certainly rubbed me the wrong way. So I kind of went in. I had a very long, very well written article. Uh, smashed the uh, the like record, so to speak, on the comments uh, by far the most liked on the on the post which is great, and that would be a dude of the week. Unfortunately, I forgot to mention fourth and dude of a lot of dudes' podcasts. Uh, obviously, they get a lot of traffic. A lot of, a lot of likes on that uh, post could have been some good news for us and our listeners, but you know, I, I didn't, so that was my mistake. So that's a little pooed there as well uh, for you current listeners, I guess, I guess more for you guys are not to share with anyone else. So uh, overall, that was, uh, that was my, my pooed. Again, and a Matt, tough week. Matt, I could have picked just about anything. And I hate you right now just because uh, I feel like our friendship yeah, is crumbling. Yep, but yep. that was a it was the, the comment you have is spot on for the most part. There were a couple of things you said, but you, you dropped a really nice Indiana Jones reference. I, I got a kick out of that. I did. Um, all right, let's keep this moving since this is uh, on pace to break the podcast uh, length of time record. Um, Eagles in the Wild, it's a new segment we started last week. Um, just wanted to give a quick shout out to Brian Boyle, who uh, who has. Not to bring you guys down, but he has a, a form of leukemia, chronic myeloid leukemia. But here's here's the the uh, the, the the cool part. He said he's going to play through it. He's just going to play every game this year. Um, so that's that's what. Can I, I don't know if I can say this anymore because we hate Daz apparently, but that's a dude right there, Brian Boyle. Shout out to him. Um, yeah, that's playing no, through def- leukemia. So definitely with you. Um, uh, all the best to Brian. That's a great Eagles in the wild. They say it's pretty treatable, so obviously that's. That's good news. But anytime you see the C word thrown around, there's uh, there's obviously some concern there. So all the best to to, to Boyle. Uh, definitely a great a great eagle out in the wild. So uh, you know certainly all the all the best to him and his family. All right. Uh, so we got Clemson up next, and uh, we're gonna try to stay away from the, the football part because there's there's no sense in recapping a, a game that's um, we at, per ESPN. If you look at the little graph, the the pie chart they have, we're at 1.5 percent chance to win. Um, which uh, is probably accurate. Uh, but I had a fun fact about them that a lot of people I don't think know. Um, they serve Chick-fil-A. They have a full-service Chick-fil-A in the, uh, in the drunk tank where they, uh, you know, the place where they, where they, like the jail where they put yep. you know, drunk or underage kids. Full-service Chick-fil-A there where they, uh, they serve breakfast to, to everyone the next day. And it's, it seems like, honestly, one of the happiest places in the world. So, yeah, so um, not, not to jump ahead a little bit, but I, I was going to touch on the travel, travelability rankings. We had a friend... Uh, a group of friends go down, I guess it was the junior year game. One of them ended up in the drunk tank, and we didn't hear about the Chick-fil-A, so that's disappointing. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to follow up internally on that. Well, uh, that fair, I don't think fact. he remembered anything about that weekend, so he probably, he probably did have a, a couple sa- sandwiches. But, uh, um, yeah, I, I did find that out later on, that, that that's a real thing. So, um, yeah, so we'd love to get, get arrested like down that. there. That's going to boost their, their RV score. But that's yeah, 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 no, that's, that's definitely that's, uh, that's kind of a late entry there, but I, I will definitely might have to adjust. Uh, my fun facts, they're, they're pretty quick. You know, I'm a big history guy. They were founded by John C. Calhoun, who's the seventh vice president. His son-in-law, uh, the president, when John C. Calhoun was vice president, was John Quincy Adams, of course, of the Adams uh, family of a brain tree mass. So little Boston Clemson connection there. I like that. Uh, they used to have a day, I don't know if it's still active or not, created by their former president, R.C. Edwards, where you could streak on campus without legal consequences. Sounds fun. It's a little creepy that it's kind of sanctioned and created by this old president. Uh, Obviously, Clemson has a lot of very pretty southern sorority girls. So, you know, kind of keep a lookout for this R.C. fella. Um, Up through the quad and, and into the gymnasium. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't know if KFC is still open, but (laughs) Um, so, so that's kind of cool, but it's also a little creepy. Uh, and then this one, I don't know why I I got a kick out of this, but, uh, according to a very specific 
poll here. It is the November 2014 Top 500 list of international supercomputers. Clemson has the fifth largest owned by a university. So uh, I guess good job by then. We kind of think of them as, as a dumb football school, but they have big computers. So uh, I guess good job by them. Congrats on that. I don't know. Fun facts. I'm depressed already about this. Matt, one. that's that's got to be top three if you're going to bring it on the pod. Top five doesn't really yeah, make, no, it, make I, it move. I hear you. I hear you. Um, all right. Uh, we're running out of daylight here. Uh, starting five. Let's do it. Plus Let's six just run man. through it. Yeah, right. I think, I think you went first last week, so let me go first. That it's means so hard for me to run more. through this without providing commentary, but I'll do my best. Yeah, we'll keep, we'll keep the commentary quick. You want me to start? Yeah, go ahead. So my leadoff is going to be Robert Brooks, the founder of Hooters, obviously an American institution. Nice. Uh, my, my guy is going to be uh, Strom Thurmond, who is one of the oldest people of all time, just ever served in the Senate for, I think, 169 years, uh, majored in horticulture. Okay, so stick to sports my, a little bit. My three spot uh, is going to be, and let me know if you have this because I have others, uh, Dolph Lundgren. No, you don't. I don't have that. I didn't see that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he went there. He only spent a year there. Um, he uh, he, he wasn't on there. He was not on their Wikipedia. Yeah, I, I went deep into the archives here. Wow. Um, okay. So, yeah, Dolph Lundgren, he didn't graduate. He just spent a year there. Um, but his story is well known. He, he ended up at MIT studying chemical engineering. Um, obviously, he played uh, Drago in uh, Rocky IV. Huh, that's pretty good. Uh, all right, my so now we're on the fourth pick. I'm going to go with uh, a guy by the name of Rob Hubel. He's an actor, comedian, well-known as Holly's boyfriend before Michael Scott in The Office. He appeared in 30 Rock, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Rest of Development, that's, Modern that's Family. That's where I knew him from. I guy. saw his face. Yep. yep best, known as, best known as Tevin in the film, I Love You Man, yes. famous line of Peter, she's squirting. Oh, my God, she's a squirter. <laughs> uh, it's a grandma on a Sibian. You know, that, that, that I think we've, we've all said that line a million times. So uh, Rob Hubel is my, is my fourth pick. And then for my fifth, I've got actually a couple good ones left Don't take here. the one that I'm going to take. I think you know me well enough to, to know that. Uh, you have. and I, honestly, both these two are, are, are kind of right up your eyes, Zally. Uh, I'm going to try to go against what you're going to say here. So I'm going to go with Mark Tremonti. He is Fuck. the lead guitarist for Creed. Really? Come on. There's another one that's up your alley. Uh, but that's going to be my fifth. The this, this sixth man that, that hopefully you have on your list. But if not, uh, I'll, I'll hopefully my notable mention. So Mark Tremonti was that was like my my uh, my golden goose there. Um, believe guitarist to create. Guess what? His, guess what his major was, Matt? Uh, horticulture. Finance, actually. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, I read up, I read up on the majors this week. So huh. um, my sixth man, I'm gonna go with uh, not Dabo Sweeney. Dabo Sweeney actually went to Alabama. Um, so just uh, you know, a little True. foreshadowing there as far as his head coaching career goes. My real number six is uh, Stuart Holden. Okay. Is that the one you had? No, I mean a Gucci on Yehu, if you're gonna go soccer is is you gotta go above Stewart. I, but I but. had a I had a good Stu Holden B C interlude. Um, okay. he's like the Dennis Clifford of USA soccer where he's got a ton of talent but he just is always hurt. So um good looking guy too. Man. Good looking guy. Yeah, uh, I'll, I thought I'll tell you were you, gonna go with he looks I better you from far with, away. Okay. Um, I haven't seen him up close, I guess, but sure. Well, he's in the booth. He's with Bob Lee. And yeah, I think 20. he's a handsome guy in the booth, but yeah, He's all right. I'm a, I'm a more of a Brian McBride I, guy. Go ahead. I, I thought you were going to go with Taylor Twelman. We'll always win, but we're getting off topic. Anyways, <laughs> I thought you were going to go with uh, Aaron Berg. I don't know if I'm pressing it right, but he was the uh, second ever Bachelor, star of season yeah. two Bachelor. And I, I so I thought that, that was that kind was of up your alley. That's that big to have a Bachelor time. on. That's big to have a Bachelor, though. There's only been 17 of them. That's, that's right. kind of big I think Jesse Palmer was the first one, right? So he had still the first normal person. No, nope, he was not the first so he just probably didn't come until a little later. Well, man card that you know that. So yeah. <laughs> um, all right, let's keep this moving here, Matt. Uh, yeah, sh- sure will. Travelability rankings. You do this one. I, I don't have anything good to say. Sure. So just to remind everyone in this game, we've had two straight home games. Uh, it's out of five RVs, which stands for residential vehicles. Uh, or no, we did this on week one. It's rec. Recreational vehicles, right? Oh, you said residential. Now you screwed it up. It's one of those. I think it is All recreational. Right. We're going to go with residential because yep. it's a house. We're residential vehicles out of five. Uh, 87 and sunny, obviously, South Carolina. Uh, very fun school. You know, they're, I guess, notoriously. I don't know if notorious is the word. I think notorious is bad, but famously, they're incredibly friendly as a fan base, both down there and in BC. They're very welcoming, invite everyone in, free food, free drinks, whatever. Great barbecue down south. Uh, we've had a few friends, like we mentioned earlier, go down, said it was an awesome time when got arrested. Uh, they have the awesome tradition of the best 25 seconds in sports, which, you know, obviously touching Howard's rock coming down all the balloons. That would be pretty exciting to see live. I'm going to knock this down a little bit, uh, because of the fact that we stink. So it's, you know, it's just, you can't get that excited about a game where we're 35 point underdogs. Uh, you know, if we were both top two teams, obviously this would, this would change things, but still with everything said in a 3:30 kickoff, I'm going to go 4.1 RBs. Yeah, I, I did something similar. I knocked it down to three just because we have no chance. I, and and 
it's hard for me to say that, but they're just they're really good this year. It turns out Kelly Bryan is actually a really good quarterback. He's mobile. We suck. We're the worst with mobile quarterbacks and just just everything. So um, I was going to say 4.8 when BC is good. I can't think of really anywhere I'd, I'd rather be than, than down south with a showdown versus Clemson. Um, but this year, uh, it's just not a game. You're going for the spectacle and everything else. So I got three out of five. But um, any other year, um, as long as Daz is the coach. Oh, I hate you so, so much. I hate you so much. Let's Hopefully keep it going. Two years. Yeah, let's keep, keep it going. going so I get yeah. sidetracked. All right. All so right. We're gonna, we got two segments left here. Uh, we are officially on the clock. So how we match up and what to watch for, uh, I'll run just through my points quickly, and then, and then you could have yours. So the answer is how we match up, not good. Uh, they're defending champs. I personally think they're the best team in the country. I think what they did to Louisville last week was, you know, pretty terrifying. And, and obviously, uh, you know, Auburn the week before. We have a rivalry trophy with them that was invented in 2008 that I don't think many people know about, the O'Rourke McFadden Trophy. Uh, basically just a leather helmet. Montel Harris won it uh, when we beat them our sophomore year. All-time Clemson leads 15-9-2. They've won six in a row, eight of the last nine. Uh, we should have probably beaten them Tyler Murphy's year. Routes dropped that, that late touchdown, which was uh, disappointing. Uh, they have an incredible offense, 613 total yards versus Louisville. We just gave up 611, so to think that they, against a Louisville team, uh, got more yards than we gave up last week is, is kind of horrifying. They have an awesome defense as well. Average five sacks per game. Christian Wilkins kind of leads that uh, charge. He has three sacks so far in the year. Local kid from Springfield. So bad job by uh, by the Adazios building the fence, keeping him in New England. Oh yeah, he should um, just have everyone. Um, yeah, I mean he should. He should have the best player in New England. But, yeah, you know, whatever, so, yeah. So you know, obviously they, they smoked the Louisville uh, last week. Um, maybe Louisville isn't good this year. Who knows? Who's to say? Louisville's defense wasn't projected to be that strong, but they gave up a shitload of points. And I can probably bet that their uh, their front seven's better than ours. Um, only, only silver lining potentially is that maybe our, our coaching fixed the gaping holes in the middle of the field on third downs, um, which, which was really the, uh, you know, 95% of, of Notre Dame's big plays came on third down up the middle. Um, obviously I just, I don't think we have the personnel right now with all the injuries, et cetera, um, to compete, uh, really on either side of the ball. I think they'll run it down our throats. Um, I don't think we'll be able to get much pressure, um, on the other side of the ball, uh, they're going to come after us. They got Wilkins. They also got uh, Dexter Lawrence, maybe. I don't know. So they got another big dude that I think led the ACC in sacks after Langer or something like that. Um, so I think it's going to be ugly. Uh, and I'll just give you my official prediction. Uh, I got 38-7, to 7, um, which is optimistic. Yeah, that's, um, that's definitely optimistic, but I like it. Yeah, I, I, I think that we can't possibly as bad, be as bad as everyone's saying. Um, but – you know, remains to be seen. I don't have a lot much else to say other than, uh, yeah, so I guess I have nothing to say. Why, why you to say, sure. like? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I think literally our only help, our only hope of staying competitive is, uh, kind of where this falls in the schedule. You hope for a letdown after Louisville last week, and then they're playing at Vautech next week. So you hope they're maybe overlooking us a little bit. Uh, there's no letdown game. though, right? It's just like, well, that's what you hope they're for, just but... better. Yeah, but that's like, there has to be. Oh, no, like, no, I'm saying, but no, I'm not saying to win. I'm saying to keep it even remotely competitive. Oh, I see. Uh, and with <laughs> that, by the way, hang on, I still have some other caveats to keep it competitive. Landry sure. needs to have the game of his life. The offense and the offensive line uh, needs to continue to play twice as good kind of as they've been progressing. Uh, and the defense learns how to not suck like you touched on. So there's a lot of ifs there that have to go on. And again, that's not to win. That's just to kind of keep it competitive. We are 35-point dogs in Vegas, which is the largest BC has ever been. Uh, at least back to 1995, which is when the historical data has been available on Odd Shark. So potentially the biggest underdog we've ever been. Uh, I will say that Dabo is is not an asshole. Uh, you know, he respects BC in, in terms of, you know, his press conferences that he's kind of given this week and just this historical, uh, you know, I guess, relationship with, with us and Dazio. He's, you know, always seems like a nice guy and a, and a good competitor. Unlike James Franklin, he's not going to run up to score and, you know, try to just embarrass us on national TV. So uh, I, I think he won't completely you know, run it up intentionally, but it's never going to be close. I have us losing 56 to 13, which is obviously horrible. Uh, collectively, this is obviously our, our first ever loss prediction on this podcast for both of us. So, uh, you know, thanks a lot for, for, well, 10 and two, know, 10 and two allows, oh, actually, if I do no, that, we're done. That we're, would put we're us done. one and three. Yep, we're done. Um, only real concern is, uh, is Brown's health. Um, you know, the line was good, but I don't know how good the, the, the front four of Notre Dame is. Uh, and Clemson is Clemson's really good. Clemson, Clemson's D is one of the best in the country. Um, our line absolutely needs to step up. Otherwise, uh, they're going to be living. They're going to eat Brown's lunch. He's going to the Death Valley, freshman. Um, you know, a lot of bad things can happen. 
Look, uh, yeah, I just, I mean, what, I, what I can't wait for is when they do win this game and you can't celebrate because you've said so many bad things about hey, them buddy, on this podcast. Buddy, you, said, you, have to, you have to eat so much crow. I can't wait I, for that, Matt. I, I'll, I'll eat crow on Adazio. I, I won't eat crow on anything I've said in this team because I've actually said good things about this team. are getting better every week. I think, you know, I, I'm looking at this as a positive of, you know, let Brown actually go into a real college environment as a freshman, kind of see how intimidating it is, see what it's like, that speed going up against another two-team in the country. Let these guys just get a little better, get a little uh, – you know, some experience under their belt. And then, uh, you know, this time next year, we have uh, Chip Kelly or Joe Morgan on the sidelines and we'll be uh, 3-0 and and, and you know, ready to face Clemson at home and, and uh, upset the number, you know, number five team in the country at that point. So, so this guys, is an experience You guys sound here. delusional. You, you sound delusional. You know, I have, uh, I have hope. I have hope. I don't just have seven and six hope for the rest of my life. But All right, know. guys. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, it's been a great episode. Um, tell you what, looking forward to this Saturday. Uh you know, yeah, we'll see you at Dewey's Pub. We'll see you at Dewey's Pub for that. Well, uh, oh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be on TV, so, um, you know, they should yeah, have work. No, no issue showing the game, hopefully, but we'll we'll see what happens. This also they, might be this might be our last episode because I might murder uh, my co-host this weekend if I see him in person. I obviously hate you so much. So, uh hope you enjoyed the first four episodes we were able to produce here. Matt, you have anything else? Yeah, I just was just thinking of all the, the good years we had as friends. Uh, yeah, it's, all, it's, uh, it's uh, always a great day to be a dude. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois.